Welcome to another episode of the Walk the Line podcast. I'll be your host, Greg Sowers, and joining me today is Mr. Kevin Bond. Uh, Kevin is currently the commissioner of the Greater Nashville Area Scholastic Hockey League, uh, so that would be our varsity high school hockey league here in Nashville. Um, the league currently has 16 teams, uh, six of those being scholastic teams, meaning it's just one school makes up that roster. Uh, Kevin is also part of the Middle Tennessee State University broadcast team for their College Hockey Federation uh, club hockey team. And so uh, in this episode, we'll be touching on uh, the roles and responsibilities that Kevin has as the commissioner of the High School Hockey League. Um, we'll also touch on uh, the broadcasting for Middle Tennessee. And then uh, Kevin is also a proud pa parent of one of our um, well, one of my former players and now assistant coach with me for high school hockey, Tanner. Uh, so, Kevin, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Greg. Looking forward yeah. to this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, happy to have you and hopefully we'll we'll get into some uh, GNASH topics here. Um, and we'll just we'll just dive. Well, actually, before we dive into the GNASH, um, how did Mr. Kevin Bond uh, get involved in hockey, um, obviously, just didn't get the GNASH commissioner role out of the blue. Um, where did the the hockey love start? Yeah, I go back to the when Predators got here in '98. You know, that was my first introduction to hockey. Um, started going to games then, uh, became a fan of it, and then obviously, as Tanner, who was born in 2002. Uh, as he got old enough, he started skating when, I guess, 2006, 2007, right in that four- to five-year-old range, um, and have been involved with it ever since in some form or fashion. Yeah, that, that's and that's awesome. And I guess when did um, – was Tanner – did he start playing in Nashville then? He did. Yep. He went and through then, the, the goal program like a lot of the kids in this area have gone through. That's how they got introduced to hockey. Yeah, and I think the I mean, you can obviously speak more to it being here uh, for a, for a bit, but you know, the Predators have done a, a great job with their, you know, learn uh learn to hockey and learn to skate, um all those programs and especially when when they're doing well, you see a lot of kids showing up to those, you know, those Fordyce centers and getting involved. So it's it's glad to see, you know, now these kids are taking it all the way through and um you know, getting to those those college ranks now. Um and was Tanner uh, after his goal uh, program, was he always a flyer? Or, uh, where, where did he start? Now, Tanner, we were actually part of the A-game. That's where we started at. Um, you know, back when A-game stormed, then became A-game admirals. He played some house league there. So that's where he caught his home rink as a young kid. And a lot of us have a lot of fond memories of the former A-game ice rink. Yeah, that, that rink was was in a perfect spot. It was awesome. Um, unfortunately, it didn't, uh, didn't work out, but um, hopefully it comes back. It's in a great spot here, just south of the, south of the city. Um, so obviously uh, having a, a kid who played hockey and, um, you know, seeing him, him grow and, and progress throughout to, and we'll touch on that a little bit later of him playing uh, college hockey for MTSU. But um, so now you, you, he, he played in the G Nash um, ranks as well. Um, how did the commissioner role come about uh, for you for GNASH? Well, I served as a team rep for Page High School for probably you know, the four years that Tanner was there. And then 
really for the next two years after he left. Uh, I continued to play that role for Paige. Just I wanted to see the hockey continue for Paige. I knew we had a lot of kids that would be coming up through the middle school ranks. You know, that area is growing. You know, a lot of hockey players out there. So I didn't want to see it go by the wayside. Uh, and as you know, we went from having maybe one or two when you guys, they co-opted with you with Summit, to now they had eight or nine this last year, and it's continuing to grow. So started off as the, the rep there um, with Gene Ash about, well, a little over just right at a year ago now, they approached me about taking the president's role. John Williams was going to step down. I said, I, I don't want to take the president's role. If there's something else that, you know, Mike could help with, then be glad to do that. Next thing I know, um, Kevin, you're the new commissioner because the former commissioner was was wanting to step aside for a while. So that's how it sort of came about um, yeah. to get into the commissioner role. Yeah, and I, so and to, to build off that, um, you know, being your this is your first year as commissioner, you know, other than uh, suspending, you know, yours truly for for two games this season. <laughs> um, what uh, what other kind of roles and responsibilities do you have as the the commissioner of uh, G Nash? Yeah, so the commissioner is part of the executive board. Um, there are six, I think, positions, executive six or seven. Um, it is the only voting member of the board, and the, the whole GNAS board is made up of executive committee along with um, a representation from each of the teams. You know, there could be multiple schools, but they have one voting member associated with that. Um, so, proudly part of the the you know, only voting member. Hopefully, you know, so far nothing's come down to a tie where my vote had to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as part of being on that executive board, um, you know, I sit on the handbook committee. So we're always, especially this time of the year, starting to look at handbook changes, reviewing those, rewording, accepting admissions for changes to that. Um, I sit on the uh, co-op committee, which that is the committee that looks at the teams that Art Scholastic, which you spoke of, just a single a school. Um, we have co-ops, we have tri-ops, and then we have our supplemental teams like the Outlaws in Rutherford County this last year, which is made up of multiple, multiple schools in those. And then my primary job is just once the season starts, it's overseeing, you know, the games being played, the rules, the conduct, and then, you know, the, the negative side of it is having to deal with any of the penalties that occur um, throughout the season and you know the this chair the disciplinary committee along with um, two or three other executive board members um, when something does come up right right and you know unfortunately i've been a part of the the disciplinary uh aspect uh, more than i'd like to um but you know it, it it does happen so uh and and for those of you listening and don't quite understand and and kevin touched on it um you know, we have, you know, there's Minnesota high school hockey, there's Illinois high school hockey, but in Nashville, not every school has enough players to fulfill a full roster just with one school. So that's when Kevin's mentioning those co-ops and tri-ops. For, for example, I have uh, Summit and Page high schools because Summit didn't have enough players to form a team and neither did Page. So the teams and schools get together and, and create their, their own team. Um, 
there are six Scholastics teams, I believe. Uh, Brentwood, Centennial, Father Ryan, Independence, Ravenwood, and uh, MBA. Um, and obviously, those are the those schools have enough kids to to fulfill a full roster. Um, and I, I'm not sure, Kevin, if you wanted to to touch on it either. But I mean, the the Nashville area is growing so much in regards to hockey. So, you know, we have predators who, who come back and, and help out these teams, you know, with Mo- Montgomery bell, you know, their head coach is, is JP Dumont. Like what more experience and, you know, coaching could you, could you ask for? And, you know, that's just in our, you know, high school hockey league here. Um, you know, we have Ravenwood who, who won the Preds cup two years in a row now. And I believe Centennial just won the, the hind cup. So the, the lower tier, but um, I mean, I think it, the, the amount of resources that this high school league is providing, you know, high school players, high school age um, players um, um, here locally has just been incredible. And uh, I didn't know, Kevin, if you had any, any uh, thoughts you wanted to share about the, you know, the, the former players who've come back and, and, and helped out these teams. No, I mean, that's extremely beneficial to us to be here and to have those former players, like you said, of J.P. Dumont. You know, the influence of the Predators, obviously, is big for us. You know, we play out of, you know, two of their rinks, the Ford Ice Centers. Um, We have a great relationship with them. Uh, You know, so it's just having that influence here and kids knowing that they can get that. We have an off-season developmental um sessions and we have jp comes out we have several of the junior predators um, part of that organization that come out and help our coaches checking clinics uh, we work with we just were up in clarksville to see the new rink up there uh, a couple, about a month or so back we we're talking with them about how do we get that rink involved whether it's this year just doing a jamboree type thing at that rink but we hopefully will bring that in you know, they've got the one sheet of ice similar to what you would see out at Antioch or the rink two out at Bellevue. They've got one sheet of ice like that. But then they have the huge arena side where they will be hosting, uh, putting down ice there during the uh, off season of any of the other activities. They will be the home of Austin Peay State University basketball. So it'll mm-hmm. be sort of in there. And also when we we're there, they were talking about a uh, minor league professional hockey team being there. So a lot of excitement. Um, but back to the GNASH, I mean, we had nearly 40 schools represented this year um, throughout the league and just under, I think, 400 players total. So we're seeing the league grow, which is, again, our main focus is give the opportunity to as many kids as we can to play high school hockey because we all know whether it's football, baseball, basketball, wrestling track to play for your school is something you will never forget. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's grown so much. I mean, I started four years ago with, um, with independence and I mean the the level of play is just, it's skyrocketing every year. And a, a lot of that is, you know, the, the local kids are obviously getting better. And the, like we said, the professional players are coming back and, and training and being a part of those, these teams. But, you know, we have, a triple a program now in nashville we got uh, two junior teams um so the the level of play it, it's 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 very good <laughs> i mean the, yes. it wasn't uh you know yeah it, and i mean you still have you know there's a there is a uh 
we do have, you know, a JV program as well. Um, but that's not affiliated with, with G Nash, but I mean, you get some players out there that can, that can move. Um, you know, we had, I, I know last year for independence, uh, you know, we have Cole Bishop was playing in the OHL and something happened where he came back and just, you know, now he's playing high school or was playing high school hockey in, in Nashville. It's like, you know, it's the, the, there's kids that can, that can go places, you know, in our last interview with, with Zach Giblin, I mean, he was one of the, um, shouldn't say one of the first ones, but he's one of those players that, you know, just a local Nashville kid and progressed and through high school and playing, you know, youth hockey for the Flyers and, you know, who moved on to, to bigger and better things. But the, the level of play has just taken off um, in the past couple of years. It, it really has. And, you know, we say one of those things secretly as an executive or, you know, in the conversation is, you know, sort of Minnesota high school hockey is that, barrage of what you would want to grow up to be. I'll never see it in my lifetime here in Tennessee, but it's something to aspire to be, to have where high school hockey is more important than the travel hockey is to those kids. Um, you know, if you've seen, if you haven't, Google the the high school tournament state championship, you know, packed out, I believe they played where the, uh, the wild play. I mean, mm-hmm. the place was packed out, sold out, just the very dynamic environment you know, that's what we want to, you know, aspire to be. And it all starts with getting kids, you know, like you said, we're seeing more and more of the travel kids that are playing high school hockey where it used to be either they didn't want to or weren't allowed to by their travel teams to where now it's, we work with those travel teams specifically. Uh, Maggie Raines, our scheduler who, God bless her to the role that she has (laughs) of scheduling all this, you know, you can't appreciate her enough, but she works with, the, all the travel teams to make sure we can do the best thing we can to schedule the high school games around their travel tournament so that they can be involved in their high school games. Yeah. That, that's another aspect too. It's like, you know, Minnesota, they have, there's a rink around every corner here. We, we have, what do we have? Four, I believe, maybe five. Six, six, six sheets now. of ice, six sheets of ice six, between the six. two forward centers and the centennial. Yeah. And, and Maggie, just to, to bring her back up and again, does a, a great job trying to schedule everything around, you know, the travel programs and not that much ice to go around. So it's a, uh, it's a juggling act uh, for sure. Um, and something you mentioned there is, you know, trying to get to that Minnesota high school level. Um, obviously it's, it's two different worlds right now, but you know, we, we're in a, a good spot and we're the G Nash league is, is growing, um, you know, and I have two kids this year who have, you know, we'll see what happens in the summer, but they've mentioned to me that, you know, I, I just want to play high school next year. I don't, and these are, they were both, you know, junior pride players and, um, but they just want to play high school and commit fully to high school. And, um, you know, obviously don't want to uh, limit anybody's options, but, you know, th- that's the way this league is growing. They want to commit their a hundred percent, you know, effort and, and focus onto the high school team now, just like, you know, our, our football teams down here. So it's, it's definitely growing. And, you know, for those state or those league championship games, you know, the, the schools show up in, in hundreds and it's uh, it gets to be a, a pretty rowdy atmosphere at, over at a uh, Fordyce center. Bellevue. Yeah, it does. It does at times. That's for sure. You know, I yeah. think giving these kids that path, one of the things I hated to see were, 
you know, kids giving up their senior years to go off and play, you know, and Gibby was one of those. And I mm-hmm. understand, you know, the, the reason behind it and what they were doing, but you just hate to see that. You, you want to create an environment. You want kids to be able to experience their senior year in high school and you provide a, a brand of hockey that they that's exciting and challenging for them. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's, that's what we're trying to do with G Nash, continue to grow it, uh, to give, kids that avenue while they're still in high school and then prepare for the next levels but enjoy their high school years yeah and, and i think part about the the league growing is uh you know the, the games are you know we had our all-star game uh, a month or so ago and you know they get on the ice at, at ford ice center bellevue and every kid gets their name announced and there's a light show and the national anthem and it's you know, you, you, the league's doing a great job of making these these moments, you know, exciting for the the kids, and they the players want you know to be there and be a part of it, and their you know family comes out and the friends come out. So those those little you know as silly as they may seem, but you know you get your name called out over a microphone and you got a spotlight put on, and you skate out to the blue line. Like you know, not many kids get to do that, especially from Nashville. So those are uh, just a, another good thing that the league's doing. Um, and on top of the, the all-star game, you know, kind of festivities, um, the games are also broadcasted now. Um, not every game, but I believe, um, I, the, the, unfortunately, I forget the, the guy's name who does the, the broadcasting for G Nash, but, you know, he, he's got all the players' rosters printed out or all the teams' rosters printed out and is calling the games and they're broadcasted um, via the, is it on the, um, the internet or is it over the radio? It's streaming on the internet. Michael Hackney is the one okay. that does it. Uh, Shout out, Michael. Yeah, Michael does. Michael does a great job. If you've never listened to him, he, he, he definitely paints that picture you would want of anybody calling something over the radio or streaming. He paints that picture. He gets into it. Um, you know, he is his, his walking historian of high school hockey. He's been doing it for a long time. He does a lot of it in high school, other sports, you know, softball, baseball, does a lot of stuff for, for the high schools in the, in the area. So um, challenge everybody to get out there and listen to him next year. He does a fantastic job um, streaming those games. Yeah. And, and obviously if, uh, if any of our listeners want to go check out a G Nash game, their um, season, I believe starts up in September, but, um best thing is is that they're free <laughs> you don't That's have to right. pay uh, don't have to pay like you're going to a football game or anything like that so um they're exciting games and um you might get to see a few former predators behind the bench and um yeah i encourage anyone um even if you're in middle school or um you have an elementary school player it's a it's a cool environment to be a part of um and it's only going to get better um yeah. I was going to say, you were talking about the coaches. I mean, you know, just think about the number of preds that have made Nashville area their home. And, you know, they've got little kids now that eventually we're going to see them in the high school leagues here. Um, So I was, I think, uh, you know, there were some of them just playing. I think there may be 10 or 11 right now um, that were playing in some tournaments out at Antioch. So we're going to see some of their, their kids starting to play in the league very soon, not just necessarily the coaches behind the, the bench, but we're going to see their kids starting to grace our, our league. Yeah, we got just to kind of name drop here, but, you know, J.P. Dumont helps out. Ryan Smith, uh, Captain Canada's kid, plays in the area. You know, Hal Gill's kid plays. Um, I mean, it, it's a, a lot. I mean, the Predators, obviously, um, 
being in, in Nashville help a lot with the hockey community, but it's, it's the guys who have stuck around um, after their playing days and, and called Nashville home. And, you know, now, like you just said, their, their kids are going to get to go through it and be a part of it. So um, a lot of good to come in the future. I feel for, for Nashville hockey and the, and G Nash. Um, but to kind of circle back um, when we talked about the broadcasting for G Nash, um, you yourself actually, uh, broadcast for uh, Middle Tennessee and their uh, club hockey team. Um, how did how did that role come about? So uh, I'll go back just a little bit. And I started. I loved the video games. I'm you know was one of those when Tanner played. I videoed all the games, put together videos for the team for just for fun. Uh, and then being at a game, I was there when the NA3HL Junior Preds team was formed. Uh, Tim McAllister, J.P. Dumont, part of that. Uh, Carlos Zernis was the original coach. I was part of the, the, the broadcast team for that, did video. Peyton Turnage was the play-by-play. Who Peyton Turnage, tremendous play-by-play guy. I, I think sooner or later he'll get him a gig somewhere. But started doing that, and then throughout the years, just continued doing videos and things. And so when we got to the collegiate, when Tanner graduated high school, was going to Middle Tennessee. A um, friend of his, Lyndon Palmer, former Gene Ash, um, Lebanon, uh, part of the Mount Juliet and, and Wilson County Lebanon team. Lyndon went to MTSU, and his dad, Brady Palmer, um, used to do a lot of the broadcasts for the Flyers teams and do the Facebook Live for all the parents who couldn't attend. So Brady was like, hey, I'm going to do this for uh, Middle Tennessee Hockey. Will you help and do the video so that I can just focus on calling? Sure, I'm at all the games anyway. I might as well. I'm used to doing that. So that's how it started, um, was just me being the video, the camera guy behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, So fast forward, I'm now a color analyst with Brady. And the funny little story of how that happened was, we started the season off first year. We have to go to Ole Miss to play. And Ole Miss, where we broadcast from, is a little perch right above the penalty box and the score scores table. So the game's going on. It was Ole Miss blew us out the, that year. They were just dominating us. And there were been, been some bad calls. And I believe it was a call. I can't remember whether Lennon was involved in it or not. But it was a bad call. And Brady sort of let that be known. He says he wasn't talking to the ref, but with the ref being basically right underneath of us, um, said a few too many words to the ref, and the ref threw him out. So as the play-by-play, he got thrown out. So here I am. He has to leave. We still got time left in the game. I had to end up finishing out the game as the play-by-play and the camera operator. And so after that, Brady's like, you did a good job of that. I'd like to have somebody to talk to. So I'll just give you a mic from now on too, and you can do the color analyst work. So that's how I began doing the color analyst work for Middle Tennessee with Brady. We call it the Palmer Sports Network, and it's myself and Brady Palmer and and, then Gary uh, Anderson, as we all know as Pop Pop. He's our stat man, the fastest guy with math (laughs) around. Uh, He's fantastic. We all go to all the games. Um, have a good time. Love doing it. Um, and looking forward to the years to come. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So you're, you're uh, you fell into being a jack of all trades, and now you now you got yourself a whole new whole new uh, responsibility. But that's uh, that's a funny story. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And there's probably out on video somewhere still the uh, moment that Brady got because it was all recorded on tape when he got thrown out. So uh, that's funny. So did where where can people find those broadcasts? Is it through Facebook or is it your own website or? Yeah, we we live stream everything um, via Facebook off of Penalty Box Radio. Um, Justin Bradford have to let us start there, and even though they're no longer really doing a whole lot with that they still keep it up they have some uh, blogs and other podcasts that they do themselves but we still stream off of penalty box um, radio um, every, every game okay well yeah that sounds uh that's uh, it's something i could not do i can watch hockey but a lot of the stuff that i would probably say about what was going on the ice should not be recorded or <laughs> distributed in any fashion so kudos to you for for being able to to do that um so, and it's for uh, Middle Tennessee, and until recently, they were in the ACHA, um, but I believe it was two years ago now, if, and you correct me if I'm wrong, where they moved over to the College Hockey Federation? Yeah, just over two years. is right before, you know, the, the, before COVID hit. So, I think that 2019-2020 season was to be their first year in the CHS, the College Hockey South, or, well, it was the SECHC um, mm-hmm. at the time, but eventually became part of the CHS over the next two years. So uh, that's when they switched over and we've been part of that league for the last you know, four years now. Okay. And, and for the listeners who, who don't or may not have the, the knowledge of this, but, you know, we talk about, you know, playing NCAA has Division One, Division Two teams, and then there's uh, Division Three as well, um, and those are NCAA. So they Division One can give scholar or athletic scholarships. Um, Division Three, you cannot have an athletic scholarship for for um, Division Three NCAA. Um, but then the, the next progression, uh, a little bit below that, is club hockey, um, and so there's the ACHA, which is you know uh, there is hundreds of, of ACHA um, programs. And that's, you know, until recently, you know, Alabama, Ole Miss, NTSU, um, UGA, they all had these ACHA programs. Um, you know, you're, you're paying to play, you got to play a, a, cub, a club fee, um, but it's still, it's great hockey. And now this, some teams, well, more than some now have spun off into this college hockey federation. Um, so there's a lot of different, um, uh, uh, end games rather than just saying, Hey, I want to go play for, you know, the Boston universities or, or Princeton or, you know, Wisconsin, you know, there's a lot, if you want to play college hockey, um, there's a lot of different avenues to take. And, and one of those being, you know, the college hockey federation. Correct. Um, and so, and teams like UGA, you know, they pack their, their house for their <laughs> college hockey federation games and they're a blast. And, um, you know, it's obviously not as it's not their, you know, bulldog football program, but, you know, they're getting these kids are getting a great education and still, you know, living their dream of, of playing um, competitive hockey for at least four more years. Absolutely. I mean, Georgia's had a very strong team. Actually, two years ago, they won the College Hockey Federation Nationals, um, you know, or win again this year. I mean, they've got a brand new arena being built believe they're supposed to be in it this year um so it's just a hockey only facility so it'll be one of the first facilities you know universities here in the south that has their own rink like that 
Um, but the, the CHF has really, you know, they just went under the AAU um, banner. So they basically have taken everything under AAU. So it's not a USA hockey governed, it's AAU, which has its advantages. Number one being it's a lower cost to all the schools that participate in it um, overall. But it's also bringing um, that they will now be D1, D2, D3, and a women's division um, to the CHF. So like CHS, the, which is the College Hockey South division, which incorporates Middle Tennessee, um, UT, Bandy, Ole Miss, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, um, Georgia Tech, Florida, you know, it goes on. I think there's some 34 teams. This year we had a D2, D3 division. Next year we'll have all four of those, the D1s, D2, D3, and the women's will be brand new this next year in, in College Hockey South. So a lot of growth there. Seeing a lot of, the, as you spoke of, the ACHA teams, um, starting to see a lot of interest and don't know for sure, but I think they've already got some commitments for a few of those teams to move over to CHS and play D1 as part of our D1 division coming up. So it's going to be an interesting transition year as we see some of the old members move to D1, some of the D3s possibly will move up to the D2s and how that impacts um, overall you know, what division Middle Tennessee's in and what our competition looks like this coming year. Yeah, so it's, I mean, again, just another example of, um, obviously this in includes more so the, the South and just Nashville, but, you know, hockey's just growing and taking off and, and players, you know, from up North, you know, they want to go to these UGAs, these bigger schools. And now they have the opportunity to, to keep playing hockey um, and, and get a great education out of it. Um, and, and so one question I do want to ask you, you know, it, it's, and it was hard for me too, but, you know, you're playing, you're grinding away and, you know, your dream is playing NCAA hockey, whether that's D1 or D2 or D3. Um, and there's this great avenue for club hockey, uh, great opportunities. Again, might be bigger schools, might be cheaper. Um, but I guess if you had, you know, to sell, you know, a player, you know, to, to make that decision of maybe, well, I really want to go play NCAA hockey. But if I'm on that, you know, teetering line of, well, if I go play NCAA, I might not play a lot. I might not dress for games. Um, I guess what is, and this is me asking you more of as a, a parent, I guess, but what would be your, your selling point to say, hey, maybe you should look at, you know, club hockey as a whole, whether it be College Hockey Federation or ACHA. I guess what is your um your selling pitch to 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 someone not sure which route to take uh now a great question there and one that we hear quite often you know and i think to me you said it there is you know it, it playing time right you know if you've got somebody who still has aspirations of playing ncaa division two division one where scholarships are you know we've seen some kids come through the chs chf that have played a year, maybe two of uh, the club hockey and get seen, get recognized, you know, at our, our national tournament and stuff and then end up getting scholarships late. Um, then you've got the other kids. It's just, okay, it's, I realize I'm not going to go very far with this. I finally come to that realization and know that my education is important, but I want to still want to play hockey. It's a very competitive form of hockey. Uh, what we have seen the last 
even the last four years where it was, I equated, it wasn't much better than, you know, beer league hockey in, in some of these schools. But what we've seen is an infusion over the last two or three years of kids that did age out through the juniors, did realize, hey, I'm not going to go pay to play Division Three. you know, have to pay my way yet because it's still very expensive, the scholarship, and especially for the local kids, the Tennessee and state with all the Hope scholarships. There are a lot of schools right here, you know, the Middle Tennessees, the UTs, the Memphis, that the Hope scholarships are available to those schools. I can come play it, go to those schools, have part of my education paid for, and I can continue to pay it, play at a very high level of competitive hockey through the club hockey that we have. Um, so yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of those players return. I mean, we kid is it, the 18, 19 year olds, not the freshman anymore. It's a 22 year old. He just aged out of juniors. They're starting their, uh, or 21 year olds aging out of, uh, their, their junior careers. So it, it's an interesting mix that we're seeing in a transition that we're really seeing in club hockey. Yeah. And then to, to the, the, difference of schools point too it's like okay well am I gonna go play um, this is I can play in you know up north freeze my butt off in the winter and I'm not gonna maybe play all that much I got the I'm on the ice every day and I gotta grind and coaches on my rear end you know yeah. seven days out of the week or I could go to Florida Gulf Coast live on the beach and still play competitive brand of hockey and have a blast and get a good education too it's like it's like you got to weigh all those things out and just you know personally I I, I went to Aurora University you know it's a small school but they they had a, an opportunity for me to play NCAA hockey I did that for three years you know I had a great time I don't regret doing it at all but my last year um, well my junior year I should say we had a, a coaching change at the NCAA level and uh, long story short, it did not work out for me. And so my my last, my senior year, I actually decided to play, you know, club hockey. And I had the, essentially, and it's a story for another day, but I found the love for the game again in my senior year. Just, you know, the, the grind's a little less. It's, you know, less stressful. And it was still, you know, great hockey. Um, and, and just a, another great opportunity and a different path that that people can take so it's it's good to see that it's it's growing so much uh down here as well um and and and, uh, go ahead i was just gonna say i think you say something that's key about the club hockey and chf i mean the whole reason it was started was to give the, the the student hockey athlete an environment where they could still enjoy a very competitive brand of hockey, but they understand that they're there to get an education and and you don't see, you know, MTSU, they practice twice a week. Once, you know, the early 6 AM on Tuesday mornings, the late Wednesday night, but the rest of the time it's, it's about classes and doing your normal college stuff. Yes, there are the, the weekends, they typically play a Friday, Saturday, they're back late, Saturday night or early Sunday morning. So they're back in. So they're not missing classes, but they're still getting that experience of playing some major. And, and you talked about, and I have to say this because I think it's amazing. You talked about the kids and the playing in the Florida. I think Tampa this last year had 170 something kids try out for their hockey team club level down there. Um, 
So that just tells you the interest that is in hockey, as you said, again, in the South. And for kids who want the opportunity to continue playing, it is there. You just have to, you know, seek out these teams and see what they have. But there's a lot of college hockey available. Yeah, and it's it's good hockey. I mean, I think it was more of when I was playing, and maybe I just didn't realize it. And it's been going on for a while. But, you know, I always looked at, and this is me growing up and playing, it's like I didn't want to play club hockey just because that's it wasn't programmed into my brain that that was, you know, what you should do. But, I mean, now there's extremely good players playing uh, levels of club hockey and they're, they're playing, you know, they could play in the SPHL, the Southern professional hockey league. Um, I mean, there's the uh, head coach for the Huntsville Havoc. He, um, he played club hockey for four years and then made it pro. And now he's coaching professionally. It's like, there's nothing set in stone. Everyone's got a different path and ultimately you got to do what's right for you, whether it be the, the finances or the education or, you know, we talked about on an earlier podcast, finding a, a spot where you fit, you know, not going somewhere where you, there's already 10 D and you're going to be a, a freshman defenseman. Um, you know, there's different avenues to take and the college hockey federation is just another one of those, those avenues and um, possibilities out there for, for anybody, not just Southern hockey players. So it's, it's great to see it growing and evolving. So to circle back to the Gene Ash and tie all this together for me is you look at just Middle Tennessee and the number of kids that play G-Nash graduating out that are going to Middle. You know, I had committed to go to Middle and play this year. Um, and I think they've got five or six. There's Tegan Barks. There's um, Larson Smith. There's um, played a lot, uh, two years ago, but um, Anthony Papanetti. You got um, Caden Cross, Cam um, uh, Hawkins. Steve, um, Steve, yep. Steve Wilhelm's playing there, but Jacob Placentia, you know, those are the freshmen coming in this next year that are staying local and playing, you know, out of Gene Ash, coming in and playing club hockey um, for Middle Tennessee. So it's yeah. exciting times. Yeah. And it's, we're, we're, we're almost creating our own little footpath here of, you know, Gene Ash to, you know, college hockey. And that's right. That, what more can you ask for? So that's, that's great. Um, the kind of one more thing I wanted to, to touch on here, and it, it's not, you know, having to do with your current roles as the, the broadcaster, the G Nash commissioner, but more of, you know, we, we have a lot of parents that listen to, to this podcast and, you know, obviously with, with Tanner, your son, you know, he went through the flyers ranks, um, started out at a game and now he's playing, uh, for, for middle, um, this year, um, and just kind of wanted to get your your thoughts and maybe provide some some advice. And there's there's no right or wrong way to to do this, but um, you know, kind of having that conversation with your with your kid and what their their end goal wants to or is for for playing hockey. You know, it's it's obviously easy to talk to your kid when they're younger and their goal wants to everybody wants to be in the NHL, but you know. I guess what is, is there a, a moment or something you could share where you had with Tanner of, you know, high school, your, your career is kind of coming to an end here. You know, you're a senior, you know, what do you want to do next? Um, is there any situation you, you could pull from that, that might be beneficial to some of our listeners of who are parents? Another great question. One has got so many different avenues and answers to it. You know, yeah. When Tanner was graduating in high school, he actually went through, you know, one, it's that are the kids, are they ready 
to go off and go to college right away. Uh, when I grew up, it was never a discussion. There weren't even a thing. You went from high school, you went to college, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but now it's more the gap years are available. Um, you know, the, the kids really need to be honest with themselves coming out, wh where they want to go from a standpoint. Are they ready to start and do the put in the effort for the academics? Because, again, that's what comes first when you, when you go to the college. But as far as the, the hockey goes, um, you know, if a kid's not ready to go to school yet, you know, there, there are plenty of junior teams you can go pay to play for, right? Um, but you have to have that commitment that, hey, no matter what you, you do and you choose, it's all about the effort you're going to put into what you're doing. Uh, as I told Tanner, and it's the age-old cliche, but it's so true, and, and I have it with my, in my professional with the staff and things that I work with is, you know, it takes no talent to give 100% effort. That's all on just you and your drive inside. So no matter what you're doing is to push yourself at doing that. Um, but find what you love uh, and go do that. And if you want to take the junior route for a few years, the college will be there. Uh, if that's financially feasible for your, your, your family. But as parents, just encourage them to find after high school what it is their long-term future is going to be. Because like we, we know, most of the kids around here aren't going to make it to the NHL, speaking from a hockey stand, uh, standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. But doesn't mean that you can't go off and play juniors for a year, enjoy that time. It's sort of the gap year or years from high school. And then know that when you're done with that, that there's still a lot of available hockey for you while you're getting your education. Um, you know, and as parents, the advice I give, you know, most, and this goes back to when I was – uh, coaching baseball and travel baseball from 12 years old up to the 18 year olds is remember they will find their way eventually. Um, you know, you just have to be there to encourage them. Yes. To push them at times, but not to be that overshadowing parent that tries to make all the decisions and, and force things on, let them find their way, let them make the mistakes. They're going to make them. Um, you know, I use the, um, old swing i have to do this for all the new parents out there it's the swing set scenario right when you have young kids somebody's swinging the little kid's going to invariably want to walk and not pay attention to who's swinging and you're going to grab them and jerk them up out of the way right but you're going to tell them hey you can't do this you're going to get hurt well guess what they're going to go back and do it again at some point you've got to let them get hit once <laughs> for them to really realize it, yeah but you've tried to teach them and coach them along the way. And next time they're still going to do it again, but they're going to flinch, right? <laughs> because right. They're, they're learning. So it's be the supportive parents, not the overbearing, um, you know, always advocating for them. Let them do that. Talk through what they should, conversations they should have. Not ever they could be the best hockey player in the world. But just like you said, you played in a situation for a coach that it wasn't right. But that mean you weren't good. It just wasn't the right scenario, but you went and found your spot where, hey, you had a great time. As parents, we have to understand that. Not every situation is just about my kid and their ability. It's just the overall environment sometimes is not a good fit and, and realize that and understand that. Right. I think you touched on a, a lot of different great points there, and that was a, a fantastic answer. I just want to reiterate you know, to the listeners is there's no – one path, right? Uh, 
so many different avenues, you know, youth hockey, there's double AA, triple A house, high school, you could play GNAT, you go play juniors, you could take a gap year. It's just, there's so many options and it's just finding that, that right fit for who you are and what you're trying to do. So, um, uh, Kevin, I appreciate the, all the insight you've given to, to G Nash, um, you know, the, the broadcasting, the, the funny story with how you became the, one of the broadcasters. Um, and then I think the parents are, uh, who do listen to the podcast are really going to enjoy, uh, your, the answer you just gave and, um, and the, the college hockey federation as well. Um, so unless you have, uh, if there's anything you want to touch on extra, um, be happy to hear it, but I think, uh, we got a lot of information out there and I hope our listeners um, will benefit from it. But um, again, Kevin, I just wanted to thank you for your time and, and coming on the Waffle Line podcast. Uh, thank you, Greg. Thanks for having me again. And, you know, thank you for all you do for the, the young men and young women of our community and hockey in general and for G Nash. We, we really appreciate it. No, I, anytime. And I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. So it's been a blast and hopefully we can, we do more of these and get more people on the podcast and get more information out there for the, the people who are looking for it. So um, thanks again, Kevin, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Greg. Once again, I want to thank Kevin Bond for coming on the podcast. Um, hopefully our listeners out there got some information out of that, that um, they may have not had before the episode. Um, obviously talking about the college hockey federation um, the different avenues to get to your player's end goal. Um, and again, there's not one right option. Um, you just need to find the best option that fits your player and fits your family. Um, so again, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, if you have any questions or want to hear a topic discussed on a future episode, please email 307sports.hockey at gmail.com. And we'd be happy to talk about uh, anything hockey related on or off the ice that you guys are looking to hear. Uh, so again, thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, everybody.